This week on Excelsior Journeys, I welcome audiobook producing expert Becky Parker Geist. Becky has been in the publishing world for quite some time, having done her initial audiobook production back in 1981. And she has gone on to lead her own company in audiobook production. She is also an author herself, and she has become a wealth of knowledge regarding this wonderful field and the future that is ahead. So, JLD, do the honors. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for you? And that's you, why I moment? taught myself how to draw, was actually the Little Mermaid. Drawing stills of Ariel. On. I've got better things to do tonight than so die. So jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater with him saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm sex. rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the car. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. You know, yeah. throw some spaghetti yeah. against a wall. See this if it This is sticks. George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for tuning in for so many episodes. We are at the 180 episode mark. We're right there. And we're so close to 200. I am so excited for what's to come. And I'm even more excited, of course, for the upcoming Once Upon a Podcast Network that is uh, that will be launching officially on February 1st, 2023. I really hope that you're there for us. It's going to be myself, nine other shows. We are a creative-centric network that is all about inspiring, motivating, celebrating, and even rejuvenating creatives of all types. So I'm really hoping that you join us here. For those of you who don't really know how I got into this whole wonderful field of podcasting in the first place, it really started in 2015 during a time when I had just lost a job and was wondering what I was going to do next. And that's when I came across the wonderful documentary, I Know That Voice, that John DiMaggio did, talking about all the great animation voices, kind of pulling back the curtain and getting to know all these amazing people that are responsible for all the things that brought me joy throughout my whole life. And that inspired me to eventually get voiceover lessons over here in St. Louis. And that led me down the path of what would eventually be audiobook narrating. I started by narrating my own book, Excelsior, and then that led to other authors reaching out to me and asking to be a part of this and wanting to move, the, wanting to basically bring in my services as an audiobook narrator. And I've been doing it off and on since 2016. And I'm happy to say that, that I've been doing audiobook narrating now for over two months as a freelance full-timer, and it's been a truly joyous experience. And so it just so happens that on Podmatch, I was contacted by by the audiobook publishing expert, Becky Parker Geist, who is willing to share expert insight into the rising audiobook trend and what it means for the publishing industry. So when I saw that, I was just, I knew that I had to have Becky on here with me. And because not only could not only could she teach you, my listeners, quite a bit about this amazing trend of audiobooks, but also I am also always willing to learn more and more and more about different things that I may be missing myself as an audiobook narrator. So it is a true pleasure for me to introduce Becky Parker Geist. Becky, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Glad to be here. 
And thank you. And once again, I got it. I feel like a broken record now, but thank you so much to Podmatch for for connecting me with with such a with such a fascinating guest. You and so for all of you podcasters, by all means, you got to get on Podmatch. You are really doing yourself an injustice, and your show you're selling your show short by not being a part of it. So by all means, get get on Podmatch, and you you will just increase the the quality of your show by so much. So, so Becky, when, when I saw, when I saw this, when I saw this, this message from your assistant, it was, it was truly fascinating because what I was seeing there was basically like, it was everything that I needed to make sure that my audience needed to hear, make sure something I needed prospective clients to hear about how big the audiobook trend is rising. Tell us really quickly, just how big is it going right now? Yeah, well, we've been in the, we've hit the 10 year mark of double digit growth in, in audiobooks. I think it was about 25% last year. And the truth is at this point, a lot of people are, they, for many different reasons, are not picking up print books or getting ebooks, whether they just need to rest their eyes or they're doing multiple things, whatever it is, there are, there are many people now who only will read books by listening to them. Mm -hmm. So it's, if you're an author, you got to get your book in audio. Yes. Yes. And speaking as an audiobook narrator, please do it. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, I'm curious to know, like, what was as an audiobook pub- producing and publishing expert? Yeah, I'm. Fa- I'm curious to know, like, where all of this started. One of the things that I love to talk about is what I call the lightning bolt moment, and that's that moment where you kind of experience something or meet someone, see something, in this case, hear something, yeah. and really convince yourself, just saying, "Well, say to yourself, that is what I want to do. That's the kind of life I want to lead. That's the kind of person I want to be." Yeah. So what got you attracted to audiobooks in the first place? Yeah, well, I came into it from the acting side of thing, from the side of things as a narrator. Uh, I got my MFA in acting and one of my first jobs out of grad school was talking books for the blind. Ah. And I okay. just fell in love. It was fantastic. Mm. Now, and <laughs> just to give you some context, this was back in the days when it was real to real. I mean, even oh before cassette tapes. <laughs> so it goes back as 81 was when I took that job. And literally they would ship these giant reels of tapes back and forth between Washington, DC and, and the, the, the printing house in Kentucky where I was. But that's when I, that's when I really fell in love with it and continued in theater. I, I, I was actually away from voiceover for a little while because I was busy having my, having my kids. Mm -hmm. And when I came back into it, it was just like, I just, I want so much to have that aspect of storytelling in my life again, because it was like these, the embers that were burning inside me and just wanted so much to, to grow. So, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. And so now even more, even more so like in common with me, because I started out with acting as well. I got my I got my my BA in theater arts from Marymount Manhattan College. And so having the opportunity to do this, it really felt like I'm finally putting that degree to use because I was doing so much admin work afterwards just because like that was what I – that was the experience right. that I had. I had to yeah. take an admin job during college and then all of a sudden going through there. But 
being behind the mic, getting to actually do this. What was that? What was that feeling like for you when you find when you first started doing that? Oh, it's like feel like story is what we are. Mm-hmm. Like we live story. That's what that's what our life is. You think about well, you think about telling your friend what you did or even just thinking about what I did today. Mm-hmm. As basic as that, we are we are living this sort of continuous story of our lives. And yeah. and when we when we step into somebody else's story, Mm-hmm. And and live in that world for a little while, it changes us. Yeah. So I feel like like what we are doing is life changing for everybody who's participating in it. Mm-hmm. And that just feels so impactful and, and powerful and exciting to me. So yeah. yeah. And not only not only is it life changing, but it's also business changing because like this whole industry is really just kind of made a shift really towards audiobooks. It feels like they're starting to finally kind of realize just how valuable it is. Right. And it's been quite a few years now that we've had ACX, the Audiobook Creation Exchange, through Amazon. Right. And that opened the door to to get for all indie authors to right. go ahead and get their work out there. What was what's been that experience what have you noticed with that experience as as ACX started up and immediately started to started to gain prominence. Yeah, it was obviously a very significant moment and and a great piece of the history of audiobooks. And mm-hmm. also with the growth of Amazon and the way that their their policies and their methods are, they I, I feel like they've also created a situation that is really difficult for authors because they take so much of the whatever comes in from the sales price, right? And yeah. the authors get so very little. And, and even less so, and even less so if they do the royalty share. That's right. That's you know, right. Because, yeah, Amazon, my understanding, they get 60% of every purchase and the author gets 40. But if they do the royalty share, then it splits 20-20. Well, that's interesting because, and this is one of the particular challenges, I think, is that First of all, thankfully, ACX is not the only game in town anymore. There are yes. many other ways that you can get your book, your audiobook out into the world in many more channels and actually get paid higher royalties through those other channels. But even with, with ACX, you have the option to choose exclusive or non-exclusive. Yep. Well, if we know anything about Amazon, we know they drive toward exclusivity, right? They're mm-hmm. really trying to be the only game in town. And... So if you, but if you want to be in other platforms, then you're, you're talking about what they say is they pay 25%. Mm-hmm. But 25% of what is the real question that I, I am always asking authors to, to ask themselves. Yeah. And, and do the research to find out is it, is it a, like 25% of what the retail price is? No, it's not. It's 25% of whatever Amazon chooses to sell it for, whether they give it away. 25% of zero, or whether they sell it for some, whatever their price is, they get to yeah. choose. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I, I'm glad you asked this question because I think that like our company, Pro Audio Voices, this has been a real kind of a challenge point. We really want our authors, our clients to be able to earn higher royalties 
every author should be able to earn more royalties. And I think that when we look at indie publishing, it's come into a world in which the big guys take the big profits, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth is that indie authors are carrying the burden of expenses and effort and everything. Yeah, they're investing in themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes sense, logically and fairly, that they should get the bulk of the the rewards, Mm -hmm. but they don't. Yeah. So we actually have have just launched a program called Amplify, and it's available Mm -hmm. to anyone with an audiobook, whether we produced it or not, where they can get 65% of whatever they choose to sell it for. So it's an... It's an author direct sale platform. Oh wow. You have control over your over your pricing, promotional pricing, coupons, customer information, which is huge. So it, it because we just we're looking at that that model and just feeling like it feels terribly unfair and really needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're there at the forefront trying yeah. to solve that problem. <laughs> And and I I get what Amazon is is thinking when they when they do that because they're saying that like that they are the biggest platform that's that's out there and so if you're providing space on that platform then you have to put up some you have to put up some extra but sixty percent is pricey is is quite pricey and that's even for someone who is who has produced their own audiobook and has put up themselves like I did. Right, right. I have I have two of my books that uh, that I went ahead and narrated myself. And so that definitely feels like that's it's still a lot. It's still quite a bit to do that. And like you said, if you go that non-exclusive route, then you're only getting 25% out of it. Yeah. And yeah. granted their their prices judging by like the basic audiobook market Mm-hmm. I understand. I can understand it because I have one, my first book. It was just over seventy five thousand words. Came out to seventeen ninety five. Um, mm-hmm. I reported the sequel. It was just over a hundred thousand words. It wound up being twenty one ninety five. Mm-hmm. And then, and then both of them were part of the WhisperSync deal yeah. as well. Yeah. What was your what have your experience? What have you noted? Like a notice with the WhisperSync deal because it does offer a great option for the readers. Yeah, I guess when I, when they first started that, I thought, that seems kind of weird. That's a little bit like, oh, I'm going to go see the first act of Hamlet in the theater and then I'm going to go home and read the rest. That's what it, so I personally am not a whisper sync user because Mm -hmm. I, I really like to listen to audiobooks, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like to listen. (laughs) And, but I do understand, especially with like nonfiction, how that can be appealing when you have a different kind of information being able to look at it visually uh, i get that and i and i understand that it has some popularity but just from my perspective he, he, the thing about audiobooks is it it adds a whole other layer a whole other palette to the experience mm-hmm. and so i don't want to lose that i feel like i'd be cheating myself yeah. If, as a listener, no. it's a performance. That's that's it really is. what what we're doing here. We're not as the narrators here. We're not just. It's not that's it's not that simple. We can't just turn on the the book and everything. Just turn on our tablets, and then just start reading. Yeah, you can't do that. You yeah. you have to be 
fully invested in what you're doing. I've said this to, I've said this to, to other people for the different presentations that I've given regarding audiobooks. Saying so if you are doing this, if you are really serious about going forward on this, then for about seven hours, you're whispering sweet nothings into someone's ear. Exactly. You've got to make yeah. sure that those, that not a second is wasted. Yeah. So you have to bring that performance to yes. it. And I love what you said because it, it's that reminder also that we're, it's a very intimate experience. Most yeah. of the time we're listening through headphones or earbuds. And, mm -hmm. and when that's the case, it's like we're right in people's heads. I mean, like yeah. really, it's so intimate mm -hmm. and, and the importance of staying in that story. It's just like with performance on live stage where you performance, if you just are reciting lines, that's very different from being in that character, right? Yeah. Letting it, living it as a spontaneous experience. And we get that when we're hearing that as well. Mm -hmm. We can tell when somebody's just reading the words or if they're really in it because yeah. that either means that we're in it with them or mm -hmm. we're just kind of listening on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard I've heard a lot of a lot of different audiobooks where where the narrator is doing a, a solid job, but at the same time, they're just a little slower than I would mm -hmm. like. Uh -huh. And I know that we have the options now of adjusting the speed, but I don't like to do that. I yeah. I want to I want to hear it the way that the that the that the narrator intended. Yeah. But but I've also noticed that there are other narrators such as Jim Dale. Mm -hmm. who did the Harry Potter books and did a tremendous job on them. Yeah. I notice his pace is a, is a lot quicker than what, uh -huh. than, than what I'm used to. What's your preference? Yeah, I, I feel like each book kind of has its own ideal pacing. Mm -hmm. And for material, let's say, for example, a nonfiction that is very technical, I kind of need it to go a little slower, to make sure yeah. that I'm getting all those <laughs> concepts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then with, with fiction, let's say, for example, we have this story and we're going, and then we're getting to the action scene. And then it's like the climax is building. And the, I want the narrator to be helping me with that pace. Yeah. With whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. If it's laid back, we're, then we're taking our time a little bit. Maybe it's a really romantic scene and we're like in the thick of it and the heat is building. And so whatever it is, I feel like each kind of each book and each scene in a book, has its own optimal pacing. Yeah. 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 And one of my, one of my clients actually has had said to me in the past, just said that, that uh, your, your pacing is a lot quicker than what I'm, than what I'm used to hearing. Mm -hmm. And then he immediately followed up with, I like it. There's a good energy behind it. I was like, right. okay, then great. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's been something that I wanted to do. So I will run with that. And I've done, I just finished book number six with him. So yeah. uh, obviously he likes my work. So Yeah. Now what you said yeah. is that, that energy, that yeah. is a, that's a big and important component. And I think a part of what we were talking about in terms of like that being in it is mm -hmm. that energy that we hold and carry. And, and frankly, I think is one of the things that for less experienced narrators and for author narrators is especially challenging is really maintaining that kind of energy throughout. Because we all kind of need to have like something that's going to make us stand out in this field, because it sounds mm -hmm. like as audiobooks are rising, audiobook narrators are also rising. 
Right. Because they're realizing that like, hey, this is this is some good steady work over here. Yeah. And I do have to say though, like for those of you who want who want to get into audiobook narrating, definitely keep an eye out for who it is that wants to work with you because I still remember one person saying, I need someone to narrate my one hundred and sixty five thousand science one hundred and sixty five thousand word science fiction epic debut novel um on a royalty share. <laughs> and I looked them up and there was like, there was the sales were, were at the bottom, no reviews at all. Like, and it had been out for over a year. I'm just like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to pass on that one, but thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's painful. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, so what do you have to say for those who are really, who are looking at this and just say like, Hey, I can, I would like to give us a shot. They, they realize that it's not just plugging in a microphone, opening a book and then going. Right. But, yeah. There is there's more to that. So what so what sort of tips do you have to kind of get them going? Yeah, I know and there are there are many coaches out there and such. I think what I would say is just reading aloud. Read to your kids if you have kids, read to your spouse, your partner, your friends, yourself, whoever you've got around. Just practicing reading aloud is a really great way to start to develop those skills. Mm -hmm. And and listening to other audiobooks because you'll you also sort of get a feel for, oh, what, what works really well. It's that, it's that ability to really tell the story and be in the story that makes mm -hmm. for great, great audiobook narrators. And, and there are also certainly you can pursue finding clients on your own. You can also sign up with, with companies like ours, proaudiovoices.com. You can apply to be a narrator there. Mm -hmm. And they're like find away voices. Authors Republic now does that as well. So there are places where, you, and, and if you're just getting started, ACX is actually a good spot to start and yeah. doing some short, not 165,000 words, but doing some yes. short royalty <laughs> share projects where you can kind of get your feet wet, get a feel for it. That mm -hmm. is valuable. Yeah. That is definitely. Yeah. I, I myself will entertain the option of doing a royalty share. For mm -hmm. like something small, especially now that, that I've been, it's been two months now that I've been doing, doing this on my own as a full-time thing. I can't afford to do royalty shares, yeah. especially for, especially for, for debut books that don't have, that aren't going anywhere. I, I right. would love to help. I would love to get my voice out there as much as I can, but I, it's, you got to pick and choose. Right. What, what the projects that are that are right for you. So. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the more about the comp about your own company. What what was it that really kind of reminded you like, hey, I can do more with this. I can go ahead and I can help out you know, our authors. I can help more narrators. Yeah. What was your what was your impetus for getting for getting this going? Yeah. So I did start out solo when I started my own business. It was me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. When I started my own business, it was me doing everything, wearing mm -hmm. all the hats as we typically do. Oh, yeah. And then I started to have authors who were coming to me and maybe they needed a male voice. And mm. I didn't want to say no. I wanted to be able to help them, too. And so that was the beginning of it. But I also just had this feeling that I could be doing so much more. I could be serving so many more authors. And the more my expertise grew, the more I wanted to be able to help more people. Mm -hmm. I'm also um, I'm also president of Bay Area Independent Publishers Association and have oh, wow. been for like, I think I'm in my ninth year now serving in that role and was on the board before that. 
And mm-hmm. so I have this real passion also for helping indie authors because mm, I, nice. I see how they struggle and mm-hmm. where those places are that are particularly challenging. And so we're always trying to find the ways to help these wonderful creative people be successful with what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. That's great. That is great. And so, yeah, I, what, what has your experience been like working with indie author? I love, I love being on that cutting edge of like what's coming out and what's new. Uh, yeah. And I, I think, I think I've, I've always had that, but I, I also, when I first, one of my other jobs right out of grad school was working at Actors Theater of Louisville for their Humana Festival and being one of those first readers of new plays. Oh, it's nice. like having your finger on the pulse. Yeah. What's happening right now? That's an exciting place to be. And I've also done a, quite a bit of work in New York theater off Broadway, where mm-hmm. we have new works that are coming into their own and some of them transferring over to Broadway. And it's a, it's a very dynamic place. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like that's what we experience with, with indie authors in publishing as well. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. kind of world. Yeah. So what do you feel is the ideal time for an author to go ahead and go forward with an audiobook? Because, I mean, they write the book, they go through the process of getting it done. Yeah. They also are working to get it formatted as an ebook. Um, should they go with the audiobook at that same time or should they kind of wait to see if the if the book itself has legs and then just say, by the way, I'm going to be launching this as well? Yeah, that's a it, that's a, a real interesting question, and it has a lot of different answers. So mm-hmm. for many people, I think that either if if you're definitely going forward with the audiobook, mm-hmm. you can either plan to have it launch at the same time as the other formats, or you mm-hmm. can do it later, which gives you another reason to sort of shout out about, hey, and now this format's available. Yeah. If you're just planning, if what you really only want to do is write and you're, you're going to do this short term, big marketing push when your for, when your book goes live, mm-hmm. then you might want to coordinate it and have it all ready at the same time. Mm. But if you really understand marketing and are in it for the longer game, yeah. spreading it out can really be really helpful. Nice. And in terms of whether or not to do an audiobook, some of it will depend on your own personal goals, I think. Mm-hmm. But You'll definitely, if you don't do it, you'll definitely be leaving out a big chunk of your target audience that are never going to find you Mm -hmm. because they're looking in the audiobook worlds, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a complicated question, but I mean, I am in such big favor of do an audio if you can. And and here's another thing that's right now doing an audio first. Mm-hmm. is pr- almost impossible for indie authors. Yeah. But by the time this podcast goes live, that will not be the case because our Amplify program also, because it's a direct sale program and it has an app that goes with it and everything just like Audible does, mm-hmm. you'll be able to to do an audio first if that feels like the right fit for you. Ah. And if maybe if your book is like really dialogue heavy, that yeah. might feel like a great option for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the, one of the questions that I've gotten a lot when when it comes to when it comes to audiobooks because I've I have this presentation that I've done various I've done it at various conferences I've done with different writers groups and I've spoken about the 
the pros, all the pros and everything of going forward with doing an audiobook. And then I also walk them through the DIY part of it for those that want to actually get behind the mic and do it. Yeah. But I reckon I make sure to let them know that's something that's not for everyone. Right. And <clears throat> however, I would say that um, anyone who is doing a poetry collection, I truly believe it needs to be the author. I can, I can, I can understand that because yeah. poetry is always going to be most deeply understood and, and therefore probably most successfully conveyed by the mm -hmm. author. Yeah. I will I will say we did a collection where that was an an exception to what we just said mm -hmm. where the the author tried narrating his own mm -hmm. and w really wasn't able to express it as effectively as the narrator the professional mm -hmm. narrator was so yeah. it's not a hard and fast rule but okay. I definitely understand the, the thinking behind that and uh, yeah, would support yeah. that as a general rule. Yeah. So what what do you have to say for those for those authors that really that are that are so insistent on maintaining control over everything mm -hmm. that they want to do their own audiobook? But well, I yeah. yeah but I at the same time, like I would I, I it's it's a tough one because I mean like you and I, like we've both we've both we're both authors right. and we're both audiobook narrators. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time we both have the theater backgrounds to go with it. Right. Yeah. I think one, and we'll do this for clients sometimes. If they're on the fence, they feel like they should do it or they want to do it, but they're not absolutely gung ho committed. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll do a sample and say, okay, you read this section and then I'll read this section mm -hmm. and you can listen to them and then decide whether you yeah. feel like you're the best narrator for it. I have to say, most of the time they'll go with having a professional narrator after that experience. Yeah. Um, and it used to surprise me when I first got started with working with authors narrating their own work. Mm -hmm. It would surprise me that I thought, well, why can't, why are they not phrasing their sentences in a way that actually makes sense? Why are they emphasizing the wrong, stressing the wrong words? Why? <laughs> it's like, even when you have like a comparative sentence, well, this is better than that thing. You wouldn't even get those right. Or they sounded really flat. Like mm. there's no energy behind it. And and that was part of what made me realize many years ago that, okay, it really is a whole different set of skills. And yeah. I think also something that happens is that for the author who knows the material so well, it's mm -hmm. very alive in their head. But what they don't realize is that if they're just reading it and it's as words on the page, because I think they get caught up in process Yeah. in the, I need to read the words. <laughs> <laughs> I am reading the words yeah. and then oh, yeah. uh, and then it just falls flat because mm. they don't have that same actor experience of being in that moment. Yeah. Even being themselves in the moment of telling about their lives, their memoir. Right. It's yeah, yeah just kind of difficult kind of getting them behind the microphone, getting comfortable behind the microphone and then just trying to trying to get them to get that sort of level of performance yes. it really is like like I said before it really is a performance you're not yeah. just reading you're not just narrating like you are performing yeah this this great piece of work now just a quick question just to kind of wrap things up with us with ampli with amplify it sounds like you have you have the means to really 
add an extra layer to this wonderful game of, of audiobooks. Yeah. Where do you see the audiobook trend going in, say, 2023 and beyond? Yeah, I, I see it only going up as mm-hmm. a general. And I also think part of what I'm seeing is that more and more people are actually, even though Audible still dominates the market, no question, just like mm-hmm. Amazon does. Right. I, I mean, they're part of the same thing. Yeah. But even though that's... That's the case. I see and hear more and more people turning away from Audible and Amazon because they're they're they want to have their their dollars be a little more impactful. Mm-hmm. And I also see a real trend in terms of the buy direct and buy local. Mm-hmm. And more there's a, a raised consciousness about how we as individual consumers can powerfully affect what happens in the marketplace by how we spend our dollars. Yeah. I think if if people if most people realized how little of the royalties actually get to the people who created the mm-hmm. audiobook, they would have second thoughts about how mm. they're spending that money. And so I, I think there's an an education campaign that needs to be happening and we're we're going to be part of that. But I'm also seeing some other players in the in the industry who are moving in this general direction of trying to increase royalties for authors and and give authors a little bit more control. Um, nice. Amplify. You'll be able to find it in the App Store and then also on our website. But Amplify gives like full control because it really mm-hmm. is a direct sale platform. So yeah, we're pretty excited about it. That's fantastic. That is so cool. Yeah. And I, it's, it really is just amazing just how like this whole trend, not just with audiobooks, but with publishing in general, how it, how it finds, finds the different ways to adapt and change as it yeah. goes. Back in 2001, I remember I had gotten the complete idiot's guide to publishing science fiction. And there was a little section, maybe like one paragraph all about self publishing. And it just said flat out, don't do it. It's a waste of your money. You will be looked at as as a hack. You'll be looked at who has had to buy your way into this in, into this industry. Uh, everything, your career will go down the toilet as soon as you start doing it. Just flat out, do not do it. And then about seven years later, I'm at I'm at a Barnes and Noble, and I find the Complete Idiot's Guide to Self Publishing. So, <laughs> yep, it's no, amazing just how how this how this industry changes. And yeah, so indie too. publishing has has risen from basically being born into where to now. It's like possibly even at the surpassing the big big publishers at this point. Yeah. Uh, and and that's all happened in my lifetime, which is. It doesn't and actually my, make and me mine. feel old. It just makes me feel like um like amazing. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and also I'm I'm curious to to know since we're on a podcast right now, yeah. uh, how you feel podcasting will play a part with with audiobook. Yeah, uh, I think there is going. They seem to be kind of joining together in a way. They are. They're they're growing together, and they offer some like different kinds of audio experiences. And I think mm-hmm. it's so cool. And there yeah. is definitely crossover between like you can podcast a book right Mm -hmm. oh yeah Uh, it's a different way of experiencing it and i've also found that there are some people who are totally into audiobooks but not yet listening to many podcasts and Mm -hmm. vice versa so there's so much growth that i think is going to happen in that world as well that we're going to start to see more crossover in terms of our audience as to who's listening and where they're listening 
that's one of my one of my projects for 2023 is I'm turning my <clears throat> my excuse me I'm turning my five part serial from Parts Unknown into a hybrid podcast slash audiobook. Nice. And so it would be just like a couple chapters each yeah. episode just to kind of move things along. Yeah. And I've even taken a real huge plunge by by adapting one of my books into an audio drama. And so Oh nice. I love doing that's that. That's going to be that's, done as well. So yeah. yeah. That's so great. that and where can where can my listeners find you on social media? We're at Pro Audio Voices on most platforms. Instagram, Twitter, at Twitter, we're on Audio Voices is just mm-hmm. the uh, the name there. And then TikTok as well. So Excellent. we're all over the place. All yeah. right. LinkedIn. Yep. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> it sounds like me. I'm just like, I'm there. I'm there. I'm over there. Yeah, I'm over yeah. there too. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you so, can always, the best place to always find the most up-to-date links and everything is at our website, ProAudioVoices.com. ProAudioVoices.com. Make sure you guys go ahead and... ProAudioVoices.com, make sure you go ahead and go to that site right away because this industry is growing, it is expanding, it is evolving in ways that I didn't see possible a few years ago. It's 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 increasing in ways that completely blow my mind every day. And people like Becky Parker Geist are a reason why. So I hope that you have been able to Get as much out of this as I have, at least a fraction of it as much as I have, because I've gotten a lot. And I know that that all of you will continue to be inspired and take all of this information and run with it and make 2023 the most creative year for you yet. So for Becky Parker Geist, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward, and I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com.